0: Hashtag real race talk. It's the revved up sports show talking local, regional, and national action. Here's Bobby Chaffee and Rodney Rodriguez.
1: Hello, friends. It is your Monday staple on a Tuesday. Hashtag real race talk. It is the revved up sports show the revved up live cast, Bobby Chaffee and Rodney Rodriguez diving in. We're going to do some fun stuff tonight. Talk a little bit of short track racing, maybe some Daytona 500, 645. That's about uh, 12 minutes from now. Big Mike McCarthy's going to check in from heart of Texas Speedway. Big chill Enduro 250 coming up 715-ish or so. Zach Clark will dive in. We'll have an announcer bullshit session uh, as we go back and forth, get all of Zach's plans and everything that he has uh, going on uh, as well. Bobby over uh, down, or Bobby's actually down south. I am up north. Bobby, I want to ask you something. So I was, um, and I'm not sure why, you know, now that I'm not uh, doing, well, I'm doing no real estate stuff, I still read the stupid Austin Business Journal. And I was reading today that they're talking about building a Bucky's over there. Have you seen that? Yep. You're going to be right down the street from the house. Is it that, yeah, that's what I thought. That's gonna be right by you. Is that that's gonna be over there in the in the THR area, is It's in Yarrington. Across,
2: kind of catty corner from it, like on the Chuck Nash Shine.
1: <laughs> Damn, how about that, man? There uh... you had
2: to go south out of if you had to if you got back on Yarrington, right, and headed south towards San Antonio, it's supposed to be right there at that corner of Yarrington and thirty five right there.
1: That's a good spot. I mean, that, that's a pretty good spot. And apparently, I saw that this is apparently going to be a big one. And you can even go charge your EVs there. I saw that this one's going to be I'm like, oh, shit. Get ready. The vandals are going to get out there and get after it. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, man, that's a really good spot. That's a really good spot for one.
2: Well, they've been trying to reorganize that area for a long time. And then when they ended up not being able to get the to land the Best Buy there and the HEB and all that stuff and what they wanted, they ended yep. up turning it, zoning it industrial. And then the guy sold the racetrack. Uh, land and it turned into a bunch of business parks ironically will still be occupied by car parts this time by tesla Mm. and so it comes through full circle to a certain extent but uh, yeah that's uh, that side over there there's an apartment complex over there uh the biggest thing though is that you're going to get some pushback from it because of all those houses over there on the other side of yarrington road that's where you're going to get the pushback there's a bunch of there's a bunch of real and they're not just little bitty houses there's some big ass fancy houses back over there too
1: that's what I thought because it, it I, I don't, I know on on your side, I mean, I, I kind of go over there every now and then to do whatever, but it's like, I haven't really been over on that other side. I mean, I'll go to, I'll go to Nash every now and then to, to kind of visit them, but it's like, I never really go very
2: deep back in there. And uh, yeah, that, uh, I mean, there's million dollar, the three quarters of a million dollar, million dollar houses. So back there, it's the same people that used to bitch about the racetrack are the same people that are going to end up bitching about Bucky's.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, remember them well. I remember them well. Uh, There's your QR code to take you straight to the Revved Up uh, site. Uh, Show is live. Everything is right there. Uh, It's all snazzy right now, and of course, all the uh, shows. You can watch them after the fact. All you got to do is click the QR code, and uh, it, it gets you hooked up right there. You can probably even save that onto your home screen um, as we dive in. Your comments, we'd love to hear them throughout the night on the topics—hot topics, maybe cold topics, whatever you have to talk about. Let's um, let's break this shit down. Let's break all this stuff down as uh, we dive in. Because what are we? February twentieth, and it's 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 about go time right now, dude. Uh, it's 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 about to fire up massively right now around here.
2: Well, let's fix it too. Obviously, you get to the 500. I still don't understand short tracks and stuff that try to schedule against the 500. And I get, we get into that argument all the time about people that say they don't give a shit about NASCAR and that it doesn't matter. But yet, there's a really, there's tent pole races that people have a tendency to watch. You know, one of them is the Daytona 500, another one's the Indianapolis 500. Uh, Throw in a couple of maybe Southern 500s, random Bristol races, you know, stuff like that. There's a couple of tentpole races that people have a tendency to watch and I don't understand the scheduling, but I mean, granted it gets worked out this year a little bit with the rain, but you can't, you can't figure it's going to rain in Daytona for two straight days when you're sending out your calendar back, you know, in November. Yeah, you know, and that's,
1: that's one of those things. I mean, speaking of that, so I got up this morning and, um, you know, just kind of checking stuff out, just kind of bracing myself for what I'm going to see. And, And I see this from Kenny Wallace, and doesn't this just make so much sense?
3: I'm going to save my thoughts about the race till tomorrow, but just the complete fucking, my life is a disaster. That race was anticlimactic. It was eh, 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 little babies. Stop it. I got to fuck with them a little bit. No. All right. So uh, anyway... No, you know, you just, you look, you know, you try to entertain yourself. Like it was a really good race, like a really good, uh, for so many reasons. I uh, had a wreck on lap six coming to the checker flag on the stage. win. I mean, the finish was incredible, but my driver did not win. Win. I don't like the sport in the meanwhile, it was sold out hundred thousand people. And these son of a bitches are wrecking their ass off for this Xfinity race.
1: Yeah, that's Kenny Wallace. So so kind of the thoughts right there uh, from Kenny and that you know, a lot of folks, a lot of folks, it's like when these NASCAR races are going on, folks ask me, they're like, why are you posting shit? Are you, are you drunk? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm probably drinking. But I do it for exactly what he's doing right there, just to get people stirred up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's horrible.
2: And everybody's commenting.
1: <laughs> it's like okay. Uh hey, you know what? It uh, I'm
2: never gonna watch a NASCAR race again in my life. Did you see what that dumb son bitch did on lap yeah. sixty-seven? <laughs> these drivers suck.
1: Ah uh, man, um I'll tell you what driver sucked it was Friday. Holy god, now that was a shit show. Which There's... one the truck race or the arca race? Or both. <laughs> well, Arca Arca's not so surprising, but you know the sad thing about it, you know, we were talking about this the other day. I mean, it would be one thing if with the trucks, you know, with with the the Elmore engines and so forth, it would be one thing if you had all that carnage, if it was, I think it would be a different perspective if we had, like, a bunch of veterans. Let's go back to if it was, like, Jack Sprague and and Mike Skinner and and those guys, Ron Hornaday Jr., if they were out there, because like we were talking about on Saturday, the trucks just don't go anywhere. That's the bad part about it. But the fact that, coupled with some of these youngsters – it's kind of twofold right there, and it just turns into just a mess, like we saw Friday night.
2: Yeah, well, it was um, <laughs> it was fun to watch. Not if you're an owner or anything else like that, but, I mean, the carnage was about what people expected at Daytona. I just think they expected it sooner. The mm-hmm. attention span for a 500-mile race is a hell of a lot smaller than it used to be, and considering the big one didn't happen until eight laps to go, I think a lot of people were like, well, shit. The Xfinity race, hell, they crashed from top to bottom, inside out all night long in that damn race. Lots, yeah. A lot of arcer breaks in that Xfinity race, too.
1: Oh, man, you had quite a mess right there. And that, Um, you know, just kind of uh, set, setting the tone right there. I mean, the race last night, I mean, you know, w- William Byron's a damn good race car driver. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, the finish, what it was. I mean, I saw some different camera angles to where maybe the 48. I, I mean, I don't know. The bottom line is they say if you hit the stripe and they throw the white flag, the next flag ends it.
2: And uh, that part was right. That part was right. So, and they can't go back and fix that. They were coming to the white. The white flag was in the hands of the flagman, getting ready to be waved as they go a football field a second. He was ready to wave that some bitch because they were coming to the white flag. That graphic last
1: night, I thought was uh, had they done that before? I when haven't were, seen it before. I, I hadn't seen that before, and I and I was talking to some folks uh, today. I, actually, today on on the unfiltered show that. We were getting messages where I can't believe they're going that fast. I'm like, you know, it's a couple couple clips right there, 200 miles per hour down the straightaway. You're going that fast. And they're like, well, you know, it takes a guy however long to run a 40. I'm like, uh, well, yeah, this was 100. This was 100, and they were doing that fast. I, I love that graphic. That, that was really good. That was really good. Yeah, that cool. was a
2: smart graphic. Whoever decided to make that one, that was good. That almost seemed like a smart-ass NBC graphic. Uh, But but it came up on Fox That was a good You're not going to see that You'll probably see it this weekend You'll probably see it on the Speedway races Mm -hmm. This weekend and in Atlanta I mean, you're talking about carnage Back to back Going from Atlanta Going from Daytona to Atlanta
1: Yeah yeah, it, it's going to get a little nasty. It's going to get a little nasty when the, when they do that. Um, where's everybody at? I know we've got people on. We've got people watching because I could see everything on the backside. But there's there's nothing in the chat. And it's like there's usually people, you know, I'm checking in from wherever or, or I don't know what the deal is. What's on today? Well, I know Tim Bryant uh, is on. He's doing uh, In the Groove. I know there's a couple of other racing shows that are going to be on but where where is everybody i mean we've got people on but nobody nobody has anything to say i mean we don't have to talk nascar i mean we're just we're just kind of filling it's the first 15 that we always repost so uh you guys tell us what what you're thinking about it i mean if you think the nascar race sucked? tell us you think the truck drivers are shit tell us That's what we that's what we're here for
2: that's what it's all about open forum you know and some people differ in opinions and that's just fine just don't be picking on my favorite driver do you see She
1: led seven laps last night in the bush or in the uh, nation of what's called Xfinity Xfinity seven laps for Natalie Dicker. They said she was going to cause the big one. They said she was going to do whatever she held her own. Uh, I think she did really well. I think she finished 15th or 18th. One of the two. Yeah, I think she was 18th. So she stayed out of trouble, kept everything clean, kept that car. It, It has been a hell of a, it's been a hell of a ride for them to get that team put together. Um, have you listened to the Jesse Punch podcast? Mm-mm. It's a good one to listen to um, and she did a a very in depth interview with Natalie, and it was really cool because it was two you know quite attractive girls just slinging f bombs and shit everywhere so I was like, I like that very good,
2: very yeah, good, right up the alley.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really good stuff. Hey, I did want to mention, I did want to mention again, Mike McCarthy's coming up. I've had this, uh, for a couple of weeks and and I keep neglecting to talk about it. Uh, we do want to talk about, uh, as we've talked about different schedules and so forth coming up, our friends over at the, uh, Texas dirt truck series, they're, they're getting set to go. Um, as we're talking about being on the cusp of all the, uh, races that are coming up March 30th. They'll fire off there at uh, Cotton Bowl Speedway, and then uh, a lot of racing right there. they got three dates in April. Then you've got two in May. June is extremely busy. Um, August is really, really busy, so that's a a pretty good, healthy-looking schedule right there for the Texas Dirt Truck Series.
2: Well, they added a couple of races at the home base there. They didn't have any scheduled at I-37 there. The first time they released the schedule, it looks like they worked with Ray and Mike down there and uh, got a lot of stuff uh, ironed out to get themselves on the schedule, so... Um, I think that's a good, that's a good thing to have. Um, you know, I mean, whatever, the more races they have, the potentially the better racing it'll be. Now, Texas
1: as you can see right down there at the bottom of the graphic is where you go to check them out. And, and what I like about that one is, you know, you know, I love the momentum. I love the idea when it first came out. Uh, no, I didn't love the idea. I'm like you're going to get a lot of pavement trucks and and so forth but they they really have seemed to have a lot of momentum it seems like BC here in the last couple of years where they've added I mean they've added some really good drivers and they've they've gotten some good trucks they have really damn good truck counts so I think that's the main thing about it I mean there's obviously a lot of interest right there and and again it, it's something that I think will really work around here cuz it's 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 something different I mean it's not like all the regular series that we see around here?
2: Well, I think it has a chance to work. Uh, the, the issue with the truck series is a little bit of the balance of performance, if you will, between the haves and the have-nots in the series. Uh, your top six, top seven are, are really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, great racing, doing some good racing amongst themselves, all the way up into the top 10. Uh, problem is 16, 17, 18th, into the 20th, not so fast, and we'll be multiple laps down pretty damn quick. And yep. uh, sometimes that leads to cautions that don't need to be there, uh, it leads to potential accidents and wrecks that don't need to be there. So uh, I think that overall, don't be wrong. It's a great series. It's a fun. It's a fun race to call when those guys are going top to bottom, you know, three, four wide. Uh, but sometimes when you get that that little balance of performance between some of the the slower machines, it does does make for a uh, sometimes a non what's the word I'm looking for non. Non
1: fun race to call there, maybe it just kind of strings itself out, you know, is what happens. And I mean, but that's that's yeah, you know, a lot of them, but um, it it, I mean, I do like, I mean, they look different. I mean, to me, it's very, it's very different to me seeing the trucks on dirt because I'm used to the trucks obviously on asphalt to where. You, you see them, and, and they're very streamlined. It's very momentum-driven with what they're doing right there. And you, then you see them on dirt, and they're all kind of cocked over, laying to the side. I mean, a, a dirt truck. I mean, it's something totally different. So uh, it's it's a different-appearing uh, type of thing. But uh, I think it's something that, hey, they they have done extremely well. So um, I have no problem with that. Here we go. We finally got somebody in there. Kenny Berry. Leaders need to pay attention and drive around as long as guys hold their line. Uh, I don't know if we're talking about is that trucks or is that NASCAR. Yeah, you can Problem. tell. Well, <laughs> hell,
2: it needs to be for everything. Really, that's
1: anything. That's anything. Hey, uh, we got a big one coming up. We got a huge one coming up this weekend at Heart of Texas Speedway as they get set to fire off with the Big Chill Enduro 250. Um, here's here's what's coming up this weekend. Big Chill Enduro 250 at the world-famous Heart of Texas Speedway in Waco, Saturday, February the 24th, a race like no other, gates at 2, race at 6, $2,500 on the line, this race like you will not see anywhere else, standing starts, no caution flags, pitting allowed, driver changes allowed, every type of vehicle that you can think of on the racetrack, it is the world-famous Heart of Texas Speedway, the Big Chill Enduro 250, February 24th, Heart of Texas Speedway in Waco, be there! And diving in with us, here is the man right here. He has one of those uh, vehicles sitting right behind him. And as you saw right there in the ad, it's all different kind of vehicles. And that's uh, a that's famous number 20 right there. It is our man, Big Mike McCarthy. Big Mike, how we doing, brother?
4: I'm doing good, guys. How are y'all doing?
1: There we go. We got you, man. Uh, so, so what are you doing there? Are you racing? You got somebody that's going to run in that thing?
4: Uh, Dustin Mooney's going to drive that car behind me. Nice.
2: He drove it at the 600 That's last year.
1: That's right. Sure did. Sure did.
2: So Mike, talk about the, the challenge of an enduro opening up a season. For me, I always thought an enduro, even a, a demo derby type of race was one of them races that probably fit better towards the end of the year. Cause you'd have a whole off season to rebuild the racetrack. If there was incidents and ruts and all kind of stuff talk about the challenge of having that enduro to kick it off because then you still got to kind of rebuild the racetrack a little bit
4: well the the racetrack gets worked every week when, from uh from our weekly shows to our big shows so it's not not, a, not a um and, and as far as running the enduro early in the year um there's such a following of enduro drivers now that i believe there's our There's four Enduros set up between um, February, March. I think there's one in June. And who knows? We might even add one to the calendar at Heart of Texas and have a second one.
3: Oh,
1: man. And how great are these, Mike? Because like we were talking about, I mean, it's virtually any type of car. And, And a lot of it goes into the fact that. I mean, you can have something like you have right behind you, right there. That thing looks like it had to fly right around the racetrack, but there may be a there may be an old Nova that's going to beat a car like that because this is enduro endurance, and that's what makes this thing just so damn cool.
4: Yeah, it's about making it to 250 laps. in the In the case of the uh, Lone Star 600, making it making it two nights of, of 300 laps. It's about yeah. finishing the race and not necessarily going fast, although. These cars that are that are running these enduro races, a lot of them are race cars now, and they get around there pretty good. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely.
2: I think you just hit on something really good there, Mike. The fact that they're not enduro cars, they are race cars. The pace for the 600 is incredibly fast, more so than what people think. When they get there, it seems like the enduros used to be just the battle of bombers, right? First car to survive yeah. 200 laps, 250 laps. Now there's there's damn near just outright racing for 250, 300 laps. It's crazy the evolution of these Enduro cars.
4: Yeah, you got a lot a lot of people putting time and effort to make sure um, the car will last, changing bars from a, a five eighths bar to a three-quarter bar, putting a, a heavier front suspension on so the so the steering will take a little little more abuse and not not get so messed up where you can't drive the car. So I mean there's a lot of thought that goes into it between you know, suspension and putting a larger fuel cell in it and a big fuel line, and you don't want to pull off the racetrack, so you do what you can to stay on it.
1: Yep, and and Mike, let's just kind of break this thing down. Uh, obviously, no, no caution flags. You don't have any of that. If something happens, it's safety related. Obviously, the race is going to be stopped, or you know, where we're folks are in harm's danger. But. Uh, kind of talk about that part because it is a, a lot of times when you get into a caution flag fest, it's like, that's the stuff that kind of turns people off. But these things, you guys are just going to be going. And like I said, if it's detrimental, it's something that's going to stop, but you don't bullshit around for very long. You're often going once again,
4: no, we stop. we stop the race. We got, we got to have wreckers moving and, and moving the cars out of the way. And then we'll, we'll go, uh, uh, like, a yellow red and let let the cars who want to leave the track give them about 30 seconds to a minute and then we're back to green mm-hmm. love it
2: so let talk about uh the momentum the heart of texas had what is 57 years now i think if memory serves me right that that track is just the track that's the energizer bunny of racetracks it is it, ju- it just keeps going and every year it seems to get bigger and better and more fun and the crowd's always there. The car count's always spectacular. It's a staple on Friday nights in the great state of Texas. Talk about the momentum, not only just for this enduro, but for this upcoming season there at Hot.
4: Well, I you got to give credit to the ownership and the and the people who work there because they're not afraid to try something new. Um, you know, we're trying uh a, a whole new advertising campaign with some TV stations all year long. Thank you, Rodney, by the way. Um <laughs> uh the, we're trying new, and we've, we've already signed a bunch of new sponsors to the racetrack, um, Ace Auto Supply, um, KWTX actually signed on, um, Pioneer Steel there in Waco. So, I mean, we got a lot of interest in the racetrack. Um, and then we've got our sponsors for the, for the Enduro, uh, Golden, Golden's Books and uh, Brazos Roofing have, have come on just to help out with the purse on the Enduro. And, you know, we, we've got those businesses around that want to be a part of that, that, that great racing that that's going on there every week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so Mike, with this race on, on Saturday with the big chill Enduro 250 coming up Saturday there at heart of Texas Speedway, it, um, I don't know if you're privy to, or even want to, or if you know, but uh what I love about these races is that, that is that you have you have some young drivers, you have folks that may have never raced before that attempt to do this and then you have guys that are that are you know veterans that have raced, you know, many many years and they're in this race. You have a great variety of different drivers right here and and I think that's what makes these uh these enduros so cool because it, it's not it's not about being fast and winning in, on lap number 1. You got to go 200 yep. 200- 50
4: fucking laps. That is a long time. <laughs> yeah. You you, you got to be there at the end. You got to save your stuff. And the, the key is not to leave the racetrack, you know, mm-hmm. be on the racetrack, sit on the racetrack. If there is a, is a red flag and be ready to, to get going again. And you want your car to be reliable enough where if you turn it off, it's going to, it's going to start right back up. Uh, you want to save fuel where you can. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of thought and strategy that goes into these races and, you know, like you said, there'll be young drivers that are, that are, you know, rated right at 16 years old. And there'll be guys that have been racing for 30 years in this race. Yeah. Yeah, for
2: sure. Uh, let's talk about the rules real quick, Mike. I imagine the rule book is not very long for a race of this nature. Well, we, we, uh, we about kind of, uh, there you go.
4: <laughs> There's the rules right there. It's uh it's about three quarters of a page. Uh, we take the rules that Lone Star, uh, the Lone Star 600 uses and, uh, we don't require mufflers. Um, that's, that's the only, only change we have is eight inch tire on an eight inch wheel with, with a groove tire. If you want to run a a slick tire, you can run a 10 inch rim. You got to weigh 2,800 pounds after the race. Um, that's, that's about it. If you run a wing, you got to run a two barrel. If you, if you, if you don't want run a wing, you can run whatever carburetor you want or fuel injection, whatever you want.
1: Mm, man, that's awesome, and that is a cool thing because you'll see every variety. and And Brad Dixon checking in right there. You talked about the Lone Star six hundred. He will apparently be there as well. Not a surprise. But uh, other tidbits about about this weekend coming up, Mike. It looks like I know a lot of times when we get to the end of February right here, when you get into the big chill. That's not going to be the case this weekend. It's going to be 80 degrees up around here. Uh, from- uh,
4: we're going to finally have a good weekend of weather for this race. Uh, yeah. We have got we had pretty bad weather two two years ago, but we got the race in, and last year the weather just hit us right on, on the wrong day, and we had to cancel. So we're really looking forward to having this race again. Yeah, that's right. And, huh. I, and, I, and I will say this. I'm really interested to see how the Lone Star 600 goes this year Because we might change our format next year, depending on how the 600 goes down at at 105 Speedway. So I'm I'm really looking forward to to being down there and uh, having this car run in that that race. I I got one of the uh, extra entries where they opened it up to a few more drivers. I was on the wait list. And uh, Dustin's going to be driving that car for me again down there. Love it.
2: So talk race specifics, Mike. What time does it start? What time is the grandstands? If you know that off the top of your head, uh yep tell sir. us about the, the race specifics.
4: The uh race, the pit gates are gonna open at, at uh one o'clock. Uh we're gonna have some hot laps between three and four thirty. Uh kind of get the track running a little bit. We're gonna get some moisture in the track and get it down deep and and have the guys run some hot laps, maybe work the track a little more. We're gonna start the race right at six o'clock.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And Mike, uh, kind of quickly over uh, March the 1st, uh, the season opener there, it's going to be regular race classes that that evening there for you guys. Then it's every Friday that's going on. Um, com. kind of talk about that. It's all the staple races. You've got all the memorial races, all the special races, Easter races, all of that, fall classic at the end. Um, it It just looks like another full season of racing right there at Heart of Texas Speedway.
4: I definitely want to point out we're going to have a, a, a big modified race at the end of the year in September, uh, Mod Wars. Um, that thing's going to be huge. we got 182 modifieds already registered uh, for that race and 55 sport mods. We were only going to sign up uh, 50 of them, but we couldn't turn it off quick enough. The, the registrations were coming in so fast. So that will be definitely a, a race you won't want to miss. That's awesome,
2: Martin. Well, yeah, they were doing that. They're announcing that one at the dome, uh, yep. there in St. Louis. So they uh, got a lot. It was the Heart of Texas Heat Race number two, if That's I right. remember correctly. So uh, lots of how did so how did that deal turn out, Mike? You know how that deal is? It just one of those with that Chase Allen just wanted to help promote it, or did Jerry step in on that? How 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 that end up happening on a big race like that to get I'll hot sponsorship on that?
4: I'll be real honest. Chase has been Chase has been trying to get Jerry to do that race for a long time. Uh, he had to get a good business case together and he's followed through with all the stuff Jerry's asking to do. And, uh, you know, they went, they went to the dome with a, with a good, a good plan to get the word out, get some advertising done. And, uh, it's, it's really paying off. We're going to, we're going to really, really hit advertising that race coming up. We're going to be looking for sponsors for that race. And we, we want to make the next year, the race that we do mod wars, Uh, number two, even bigger than the first one. So if if any company wants to get on and uh, help out with that race, get a hold of me, get a hold of Chase Allen, get a hold of Selby Holder, uh, we we can all help you out with that.
1: Isn't that the great thing, Mike, uh, lastly right here, it, it really seems like in this year where, you know, now we've got the, the STEM series, you, you've got Tom's, you got everything with modified, uh, the fact that you guys were able to nail this big son of a gun down. I mean that, uh, this is, this is going to be really a, a bigger deal than people can even imagine for heart attacks at speedway.
4: I, I believe so. It's gonna, it's gonna put the, the modifies back on, on the map, the outlaw modifies, you know, um, uh, I look forward to be one of the biggest shows of the year.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I,
4: yeah. I'm really happy that uh Race on Texas is gonna be uh streaming it at this point.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, Mike, get back to work there, my man. I know you got stuff to do. Big chill enduro two fifty coming up uh Saturday, heart of Texas Speedway, that is on the twenty fourth, I think. Is it I do those things and I can't remember the damn date. Uh twenty fourth Saturday,
4: uh, twenty fourth at six o'clock. Saturday the 24th. Be, be watching for the commercials in the Waco area tomorrow and all over Facebook. That's and right. again, thank you Rodney for putting those voiceovers together. You do a hell of a job.
1: Man, I used that. I was hoping that I could use it. I was I, I didn't even ask you. I'm just like, "Ah, f- fuck it. I'm going to use it." So, anyway, <laughs> all right, Mike. Appreciate it, dude. Good luck this weekend and uh, y'all have a great event. Glad you're doing it again this year.
4: All right, guys. Always appreciate being on here. Thanks you got me. Got See, it. Mike. you, Mike.
1: Got it. There he goes, big Mike McCarthy, big chill Enduro 250 coming up at Heart of Texas Speedway. Those are a lot of fun, and and I do like uh, – I, I think the Enduros, to me, I, I like – I love the question that you asked him right there because I, I think those are really good um, early on or after, you know, towards the end of the year. That really kind of seems like the time. That way you can find the gaps in the schedule right there for folks to be able to 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 find time to be able to get to those places. And, and I think the fact with – uh, you know what the Lone Star 600 has done, and, and this one here in Waco. I mean, this is this is pretty damn big deal right here. I, th- I think they're going to have a really nice count coming up uh, on Saturday.
2: I think so. I mean, I, like I said, there, there's dedicated enduro racers from all across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we're starting to see is a pretty damn talented Texas contingent of racers. Um, and, I, and I think uh, Mike hit on something interesting uh, about we're so used to the way the 600s run on those great big three-eighths and... And half mile racetracks like there at Battleground and over at Mesquite. So now I think the fact that it's going back to a little bitty short track there at 105 for 2024, I think that it's got to be um, it's got to be a unique situation to where you're not going to be able to run that many cars on a short track like that. And that that will be the determination I think of how successful enduros are going forward Because mm-hmm. some of these little tracks. They don't want to do it because there's too many cars. These yeah. big tracks, they don't want to do it because they don't want to tear up the damn track. So now you got to find that magic formula to make it work somewhere.
1: Yeah, and as Wesley says, coming up at Lone Star Speedway, March the thirtieth, two hundred and seventy-five laps right there. But uh, that 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 that's a very good point because now with the small tracks right there, I mean, I, I love the different format and it's that that drastically changes everything because it's like I, I know with the six hundred there at, at Devil's Bowl. I mean, you get out there and you're going and you got a lot of room and you're just kind of, you're, you're cruising. I mean, you're cruising. You got, you get a lot of them that are hauling ass. I mean, I remember like I've talked about the first race I ever ran, Bobby was in February of 86 at San Antonio on the asphalt. I ran a 250, and and Leroy farmer sent me the video of it uh, that I passed to my dad, to let him have that. And, and I went and sat there and watched that. And I just rode around on the bottom, just rode around on the bottom, had no fucking clue what I was doing. And I finished seventh. And and it was one of those things on the on the big track. But now when you go small here, um, I think you do something a little creative, a little uh, little crafty over at Heart of Texas Speedway moving forward. And that uh, that could be a hell of a way to start the season.
2: But you just got to find the right line, right? Where you want to be tucked on the inside, tucked on the outside. That middle lane's probably going to be clogged up with cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, need an assistant, so I think that's going to be the way around it. Either not not flat flat on the bottom, like under the racetrack, but I think you either need to be on the on the top or on that bottom lane just to try to get yourself a good uh, a good racing lane there for the rest of the for rest of the enduro.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. That is coming up Saturday. That'll be a fun day. That'll be a fun day at Heart of Texas. Like we said, weather 80, 82. Mm-hmm. I think 82 in Round Rock is what we're going to have that day. So weather's not going to be an issue. I mean, hell of anything. It'll be too hot. It'll be too hot for a race out there that early in the year be a little too hot and Waco always has that wind you always have kind of that that South wind or that North wind that's kind of kind of whipping across right there so the racetrack is going to uh, continue to change as the night goes on uh friends as we always talk about here on the program of course we are presented by on-demand shirts you see Bobby and I wearing the cool gear um, that is presented by James Cole and all the great folks at on-demand shirts they can hook you up as you need all of your racing paraphernalia as we dive into the 2024 racing season they're going to they'll do you a logo they'll do the design They'll do all of that for you, and they're going to do it uh, much budget-friendlier than some of the major outlets that you may find on the Amazons or, you know, different, um, uh, you know, different major racing um, providers that, that are strictly on that. On Demand does, I mean, it's not just racing stuff that they do. On Demand Shirts is more the racing stuff, but man, go check out all of the great work that they do. How about a word from them? It's our great partners in San Antonio. It's On Demand Shirts. Call him up; they will hook you up. It is on-demand shirts in San Antonio. Checking in right there. You know this dude is going to be there at the Enduro Big Chill Enduro 250. Joe Spillman, our man, uh, checking in on the program tonight.
2: Did you see the shirts that he's met, that James Nicole and the gang made for uh, South Texas Race Ranch?
1: I did, man. That's some really good looking shit. Some good looking shirts. That is some really good looking stuff. And man, they're 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 going to be going too. I mean, talk about an opener right there with uh with the sprint cars coming in. Two big nights of action. So, um, like we talk about, uh, it's it's time to go. It is exactly time to go. And these enduros are really uh, cool ways to start. Bobby, I'm excited Uh, this weekend. Have you seen that Deuce's Wild? That's Mm -hmm. uh, oh man, uh, what is it? Uh, I got it over here, Uh, Lucas Oil Dirt Series and the High Limit Sprint Cars. And they'll be at uh, Golden Isle Speedway. It's a three-night event. So what you're going to have, I think, uh, let me take a look right here. I'll read you what it says. The multi-day extravaganza dubduces Deuces Wild will kick off Wednesday. Uh, what is that? That's tomorrow. Wednesday, the 21st, with an open practice for the uh, Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series, High Limit Sprint Cars, and the 604 Late Models. And then as they go on Thursday, the High Limit Sprint Cars race for $10,000 to win. On Friday, the Late Models race for $10,000 to win. And then on Saturday, both race. Uh, in $20,000 to win finales. That's a hell of a, mm. show. a, hell of a show.
2: I'm yeah. assuming it will be on Flow Racing for those that have the Flow Racing subscription.
1: I would assume that's where it's going to be. Uh, additional information at LucasDirt.com. But uh, that seems to be where every damn thing else is. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, check that good stuff out. That Now, now that's a fun program. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm I really kind of digging these late models. The, to, to me, the late models are just cooler, in my opinion.
2: So they have a lot of fun uh, a lot of a lot of it ends up being a lot of, a lot of uh, the that you can still make contact with a late model
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh you know not real good contact it doesn't last very long uh but you can definitely make more side to side front to back uh contact with a late model than you can with a sprint car for damn sure
1: Hmm. Yep. You guys, your comments, hot topics, cold topics, whatever, feel free to drop them right there. And we can break those down. Zach Clark is checking in with us at seven 15. We'll talk to him about whatever he may be doing this year. Um, get his plans as, as, as somebody was, was asking, you know, who's announcing where or whatever. It's like, I, I don't really know, man, I'm, I'm doing good to, to know where I'm supposed to be on certain dates. So that's, that's kind of the, the thought there with all of that, but, uh, we'll, we'll get, Zach's thoughts on, on what he's doing. Uh, again, we shared that truck schedule. Uh, we popped that up right there. Uh, Bobby, we had kind of back over the asphalt right quick over at uh, new Smyrna, the world series, man, that Clyde Hart Memorial 200, Bubba Pollard comes out and does uh, what he does. I mean, Bubba Pollard, uh, he he ran one night in a preliminary night. He ran one of the 35-lap feature races, and I think he ran a grand total of probably 12 laps, and it's like, oh, man, there's trouble there for Pollard. He came out, that car was super hooked up, and Bubba Pollard wins again at New Smyrna.
2: Well, the funny thing is they all like those, good, those Hoosier short track tires now. <laughs> Let's see what happens in the middle part of the summer when them things get greasy, hot, and running around like hockey pucks out there. Or like, or like scoops of ice cream, depending on how bad they go away in the heat. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, that was an ASA race it was a hell of a race. Uh, you know, Time of hanging on there. After, I guess he had an engine failure again, or some kind of flat tire, or axle, or something uh, may have saved the season. But they, um, you know, that World Series man, them pro late models, they continue every year to tear up more shit. Ugh. And you know, more than anything, I think that that's the that's the class that you continue to see. Stuff get tore up, and I think it's it's just because it's the same scenario we talk about in the truck series, Uh, the same scenario that we talk about. You know, when when all you got to do is just pick up a phone and have Daddy buy you a new one, nobody gives a shit.
1: Yeah, no, oh, sorry about that, Bobby. Uh, yes, that that's exactly the the thing right there where, where you get into those events like that, and it is when you when you, the, the carnage, the carnage is just. The frustrating part, like, like, like we saw with the trucks and like we saw with, with, with ARCA and it's, you know, a lot of this is that we've talked about it. The, the respect thing just isn't there. And these kiddos are not working on their stuff. I mean, they're not having to do any of that. And that's why I think it's really cool, like, when you go to to a local short track or, or a regional event like that, and you see some of these new drivers, younger drivers that are out there in the pits, and you see them, like, under the car. You see them working on shit. You see them actually doing something, not sitting over in the hall or on their phone, posting on the socials, Yeah, you know, when they should be out there working on this stuff. I mean, they're actually out there having some input. And it's one of those things to where – I mean, if you don't, if you don't know how to work on it, I mean, at least be involved because I I think that that's the biggest thing, like we've talked about so many different times to where if you're not held accountable for it, I mean, you're just going to go smash shit up. And that's, that, that really seems to be what we see. And I'm not just talking about asphalt. I mean, we see this across the board in all these different series and, 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 and racetracks.
2: Well, I think if Chase Elliott can work on his own shit during the World Series, I think that anybody's able to come in and help work on their own shit. Now, was he? getting his hands completely dirty? No, not really. But was he over there engaged? I think might be the better way to say it. Uh Into the team competition, telling him what he felt, telling him what he needed, stuff like that. That you know, if Chase Elliott can do it and show up at a racetrack like that, then your punk ass needs to be doing it. That's for damn sure. Well, and, and that's and that's the best thing because you hear a
1: lot of. You hear a lot of these, whether it be a crew chief or a car chief, maybe on the cup side or Xfinity, to where it's like they're having to try to explain to the driver, tell me what you want, tell me what you're feeling, and the driver don't know what they're feeling. And, and I mean, that that's, that's not a good thing if you get in a race car. I mean, I think some of these guys, I mean, honestly, Bobby, I, I see some of these drivers and I think they don't know what loose is. They don't know what loose end is. They don't know what tight is. They don't know about jacking a a, a, a cranking wedge and, and doing all. I think they have no freaking idea what that stuff means, and that's why. You well, should- they don't know what causes
2: it. If they're getting into the corner too deep, it's going to start. It's going to be loose as hell coming in because you're getting in too deep. Halfway through that corner, it's going to start pushing like a dump truck, and they don't know which way. To, they don't know what to talk about. It's like, well, it's loose, and it's pushing because well, your ass is getting in the corner a little too hot. Back off before you get there. That'll take away some of the looseness coming in the car, and then that'll take away some of the pushing. It, it's, it's just like, you know, the one, one scene that was somewhat realistic in Days of Thunder was when they went and did the test between Cole Trickle and Harry Hogg, and they said, I want you to run, what is it, 50 laps, 200 laps, whatever it was. I want you to run 50 laps any way you want to, and then I want you to run 50 laps like I tell you to. And you saw the difference between the blisters and the regular old tires. That's when they started running real good because you got to listen to these old guys. Some of these old guys know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. You know, I remember
1: way back when one of the first things when when I started driving, you know, um, dad handed me it it was a Steve Smith uh, performance, Steve Smith performance magazines and literature, all that stuff is some of the best shit that you'll ever find. I'm sure it's all digitized now to where you can find that stuff uh, online or whatever. I still have it. It's sitting in my file and it, it, it taught you how, it showed you how to drive lines. It explained shock compression and rebound and, and it showed all these different things and you read that. And at least you had an idea to where it was like, maybe I didn't understand what some of that shit was, but I could say, Hey, when I go in the corner, it like wants to go up the hill. Okay, it's pushing, so we know how to go work with that. And it, I still have it, and there's notes in there with my horrible ass handwriting uh, about different things. And that's look that up, Steve Smith Automotive Performance, man. That's that's really good stuff, and that is way old. <laughs> that is way old. <laughs> it still works.
2: Well, the basics are still the basics, right? That's right. Till yeah. it comes to bump stops, because then they're just like racing a go kart. You know, yeah. that's what jacked it all
1: up. Yeah, jacked it all up all right let's dive in excited again uh we, we do from time to time we like to bring in our colleagues we like to bring in our our friends that do the same things that we do you know a lot of people it's like ah, hell race announcing there ain't nothing to that you guys are just sitting up there spouting shit out you know whatever uh let's welcome in for the first time welcome to the revved up sports show it is our man zach
0: clark zach how you doing brother i'm doing good brother happy to be here man fresh off the daytona 500 racing season's getting kicked off man we're getting fired up man we're getting ready to rock and roll what did you think of that race last night uh i know you saw the the post i made on facebook and you know i'm not one of those guys who uh i think i think we need all motorsports to do well like i'm not a guy who just loves dirt track racing and and shits on nascar you know i want nascar to do well just because i think it helps dirt track racing as well i mean it, it all works hand in hand but uh Personally, I, I thought there, I mean, I thought it was a typical Daytona 500 restrictor plate racing and uh, you know, guys got antsy at the end and I, I kind of knew it was coming, you know, they did very well. It was an interesting race too, because a lot of it was fuel mileage race, uh, just so many different things factored into it there at the end. And, uh, I just, personally, I didn't like the finish. I, I'd like to see the guys finish on the green, but I mean, that also gives you the opportunity to tear up way more shit too. Right. Mm-hmm. No <laughs> doubt. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> yeah.
2: See, so like I like I like the comparison between the rising tide raises all boats, right? Because you you see it, you know, when you're out and about amongst the fans, you know, before an event, you'll hear them talking. They don't some of them don't give a shit about uh, you know, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. Well, actually, I guess they do care about Kyle Larson because he runs so many dirt races, but you know, they don't understand that direct correlation because of the fact that you know you need both, right? NASCAR needs the grassroots. And the, the local stuff needs the NASCAR stuff because you can get more exposure from a NASCAR race than you can, you know, from a regular race. So I think that it's a rising tide raises all boats. But what do you think causes that huge divide? Obviously, you know, you're a fan of boats just like us. You'll watch anything run around in circles on any kind of platform. What, what do you think causes that great divide? Like, it, it, it's like you had to be one side or the other. You either, you either loved asphalt and you hated dirt or you loved dirt and hate asphalt. What caused that? And you think it do you think it's still there? I, I think to some degree, I, I can't put my finger on
0: it and give you a definitive answer on, on why that has been the case in the past. But I think honestly, from my perception, I think that it's actually gotten a lot better the last several years. I mean, maybe you could point that to being Kyle Larson, but I think with flow sports having that deal with NASCAR, I think NASCAR grassroots, I think that really opens up a lot of people's eyes to, you know, because I personally feel like there's so much great talent right on your regular Saturday night short tracks, no matter whether that's asphalt or pavement or, or dirt tracks. Right. Um, but you're right. I mean, there was a significant divide there for quite some time, but I think that also goes hand in hand with anybody who has a keyboard and and social media in front of them. They think their opinion matters. Right. And it really doesn't at the end of the day, it's the people that are really calling the shots that really make this shit reputable. And, Mm. uh, you know, I, I love it all. I, I don't, I can't, like you said, I can't answer that question definitively to say that, uh, it is a, a huge divide anymore. I honestly feel like we're closer than we've ever been personally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going down the right road and, and that's great. Uh, I mean, that, that's a really good thing. So Zach, you've been at this for a while, man. And, uh, like we were talking about, you know, folks think this is pretty damn easy work. Uh, <laughs> how, how did it all start for you, dude? And, and you're synonymous with racing across. I mean, this entire region, dude, you are the man, uh, kind of, kind
0: of talk about how it all, how it all laid out for Zach Clark and, and you became <laughs> Zach Clark. You know, I I was talking to Chris David, you know, on a race on Texas uh, on his podcast back in June. And he kind of he asked me a similar question. And, you know, I've thought about that sometimes. And uh really, there's no other way to look at it other than I just have a huge passion for sports. My brother raced cars. My dad raced for 14 or 15 years. So I grew up in the grandstands at Webster Speedway in Minden, Louisiana. And I grew up going to the races, and I would sit up in the stands, and I'd have a notepad, and I'd be taking notes on all these guys. You know, I was always obsessed obsessed with statistics. I I never had a desire to drive a race car. I always just had desire that, hey man, maybe I can get up there and talk about it one day. You know, things have evolved so much. Obviously, here recently with streaming and all, we'll get to that I'm sure in a moment, but um man i've just always had a passion for racing and, and really any kind of sport and like i said statistics and um, uh, and i was waiting tables at outback steakhouse back in 2008 i graduated high school in 2007 and i was waiting on gene border he w- he was a regular customer of mine he owned Tech speedway and i grew up i idolized that guy i thought he was a true badass right like behind the wheel of a race car and uh him and mr Leora montgomery he's an older guy he passed away in 2013 and uh but Gene and Leroy got me started. I was waiting tables at Outback and they'd come in. I said, Hey man, uh, maybe I can come up there and call a racer, you know, and really I didn't know what I was asking. He, he said, yeah, man, <laughs> sure. You know, we need some young blood. And yeah. so I showed up to the quick race car spring nationals that year. And, um, and man, I started announcing, I think this is gonna be my 16th season, uh, <laughs> announcing racing, you know, and it's, it's crazy. Cause I started when I was 19 and, uh, but yeah, Gene, Gene and Mr. Leroy gave me that very first opportunity, man, and it just kind of evolved to Boot Hill and Lone Star, and then to '67, you know, just these different places. But I, I just, I just have a passion for it, man. I, I want to. Um, I, I feel like when I go to a track now, if I'm just going as a fan, I don't feel like I know my place in the sport. If that makes sense, I don't, I don't know how to go to the racetrack and just be a fan. I always say I'm just a fan armed with a microphone, right? But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know my place in the sport. If I'm just going to watch, right? Like I feel like there's something in me that, like, I gotta get out. You know, I gotta let people know about it. You know, there's just something in me that I feel like I need to share with people about racing. Well, I hear you, man.
2: And every time I sit in the grandstands, I will say something right before the announcer does it, and we'll say almost the exact same thing, and everybody will be like, "Why are you? Hey. Hit, why are you sitting here?" I'm like, "It's not my track. I'm not here to announce. I'm here to watch. Yeah, I'm here to drink beer with you, right?" But I, I think you're on, a, I think you're on the right, the right track, Zach, because I think deep down. You know, we we love what we do. You know, it's a certain, it's a brotherhood. And it is hard to find new blood to come in and to replace us because it's it's such a challenging job now. And we'll hit it streaming to a little effect. I mean, you have so many tasks, right? You get to run music. You get to run statistics. You get to run your mouth. You get to talk about lineups. You got to find lineups. Got to figure out stuff from the tower about why... Why the fan favor got spun out and the people are coming up to you yelling at you because he got <laughs> spun out, right? And and then you got to entertain the, the online crowd now. Like it's hard as hell what we do. The good ones of us make it look real easy, and that's when you get the compliments. Oh, oh, that's so easy anybody could do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, so easy anybody could do. I always, you know, because you get a lot of armchair quarterbacks on social media. I've been I've been very fortunate, to be honest with you. I'm sure there are hate quote haters out there, but I've been really fortunate to not have very many detractors, like or less people to my face, right? Like I've really been that fortunate. And and I I know you can't please everybody, but man, I'll be honest with you, I aim to please everyone in this industry. I, and I know that that's impossible, but that is my goal. Like I want when I when I'm announcing racing, I want people. And I'm sure Rodney feels the same way, Bobby. You guys do a phenomenal job. And, and my goal is for when someone comes to the racetrack, let's say it's their first time there ever. Like I've invited some friends from high school out and I'll typically invite them to like a super late model race. So that's their first visit. So they really see like, man, these guys are about their business. Right. But in my job as an announcer, I want these people to feel like we're at an illegitimate sporting event. Granted, we don't always start on time. I wish that's something we could really tackle <laughs> and keep because Hey, if even the Shreveport Mudbugs in a NHL hockey team says they're starting at seven 11, they're starting at 7 Eleven, You know what I'm saying? We have all different factors and variables as far as packing the track and so many different things, you know, consider, but man, I just, I want people when they come to the track that man, the guy talking about it is about his business. You know, he, he clearly loves it, but the guys that he's talking about truly love it as well. So I just look to put respect on the guy's names that are racing and, and represent them to the best of my ability.
1: And isn't that the the thing, Zach, that I see is, is I've kind of started to travel around a little bit outside of Texas and, and kind of a little bit further southeast. It's like th- there's not a lot of guys that do this shit the way that we do it where, you, you know, if I don't know a driver, if we get a new driver, I'm going to go shake his hand. I'm going to get to know him. He's got a kid named Billy, and then he's got a daughter named Jessica. I want to get to know all that shit. He, he has a body shop. I want to know all this stuff so I can talk about it I- at different times. And I think with some of the folks more in the – not that we're not mainstream, but maybe in the more mainstream than we are, they don't care about that. They're looking at a monitor and just telling you, ah, blah 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 blah. Um, man, it, it's this is a passion. This is a passion that I think yeah. we have.
0: Absolutely, I, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, guys who can show up and you know say he's hey, I'm an announcer at a dirt track, you know, but that not really put a whole lot of stock in it. And that that's kind of where we come from. When I grew up at Webster Speedway, I mean, no offense to the gentleman who was doing it at the time, it just wasn't that good. You know, but we didn't have streaming and all those different things. We're just talking about what comes strictly out of the PA system, right. right? Man, And I mean, they just read off a few sponsors. Things have evolved so much where we're under a microscope a lot of times now, right? But yeah. and i would travel down the road to Greenwood, Louisiana, and go to Boot Hill because my dad works at Webster more often. And I'd go to Boot Hill and I'd hear Tom Michaels. And Tom Michaels is on 98 Rocks and Shreveport on the radio. Guy has had a very good cadence, had an awesome voice. And I was like, holy shit. Like, it, it livened the event up you know what i'm saying like it really made boot hill feel like it was on a top tier and I'm, and I'm not saying that we're that important but for me showing up as a young kid you know between the ages of eight to you know 12 years old that guy was about his business, man. and when everything got like i'd get chill bumps when he did the intro to, you know to start off the racing man so i don't know they make a difference yep absolutely
2: well it's just so weird to think because i'm you're on your what'd you say 12 or 15 zach uh,
0: I think this is 16 only because I had memory pop up and I said it was my 14th year. I think that was two years ago. So this would be year 16.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I just, I was working on the bio for race on Texas. I'm on year 20 and I think it's crazy to see how it's, it's evolved to where you, you, when we were kids going to the racetrack, the announcer would say, here's your lineup and here's halfway. And then here's your finish in order. Now we have to be play by play guys, the entire race, and still, do the, and still do the lineups, and still do the sponsors, and do all of that, it's not quite as easy as it once was when the old school guys, they were great, and they served their purpose, and those old school fans loved them, and they hated us and we first started nonstop running our mouths. But now, if you go to racetrack and the announcer's not running his mouth, you're wondering what the hell's going on. Why do they have this guy here?
1: Oh, damn. Well, let's see. I don't see him breathing, man. Let's let's take a look right here. He's got all his bars. I think we still have him. Uh, We'll try him here uh, once again, but that's a great point. I wanted to hear his answer right there uh, because that is definitely something that has changed. I'm going to do that one second. We'll try to bring him back in one more time. Uh, Yeah, we lost him there for a second, so I'm sure he'll click back in. But, I mean, that really is the difference because it it was – there is a difference between – and 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 i know i've pissed some people off when i've said this in the past but but i mean it because it, it it's true there's a difference between a pa it, it's like when when people say you're an announcer i'm like i kind of like to think of myself more as a broadcaster because i mean that that's what we're doing I mean, this is when you go back and 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 you look at I mean, like what we were watching last night. I mean, with what they're doing, I mean, it's 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 crazy. Sorry, no,
0: that's, no, that's all right. I, I don't know what all you heard right there. I didn't uh, hear most of it, but I get get him again because I, I. I Sorry about. I'm sorry about that, guys. My internet, my my hotspot just totally just. I never. I never.
1: It's <laughs> y'all or me, dude. It's like we got so many. Fucking devices yeah. going on up in here. I never know what's going on. You no, think well, you're ready, and then technology
0: slaps you. You know. Well, basically,
2: anyway, what it was right. was was the analogy that you know it's so different now than what we grew up with watching and listening. Because now, you know, when when we all first started, you know, if you go to a racetrack now and the the guy only gives you a lineup, a halfway point, and an end result, you're wondering what's going on when the guy's not being a play by play guy the whole time. Because I remember when I first started, they used to have to tell the drivers in the driver's meetings to tell the wives, the girlfriends, the cousins, husbands to kind of make sure to not come chased after us because our job was to be entertaining. We were Mm -hmm. sitting there. We were supposed to talk about, hey, we know this guy, name of this guy's dog who attacked Billy Bob last week because it was funny as hell. That was before Facebook. Right. Right. So I think it's I think it's changed enough nowadays to where it's like if you go to racetrack and you don't have somebody running their mouth in a professional manner. You just don't know what to do
0: yeah it's uh it, as far as my job just when i started in 2008 it it's evolved so much just from that period of time because i'd say that i really called my first well in my first i called a fir- my first live stream event actually in 2009 i went at the lucas oil speedway they called the diamond of dirt tracks and called it was a watchmodslive.com live.com broadcast and this was like <laughs> the first time i'd ever brought it i mean i'm announcing kelly stride all these badasses you yeah. know and all i had was just me and my passion i had no fucking clues how to broadcast <laughs> a race i just pa announced you know what i mean like, i had no, I, I had no idea what i was really doing and they said i did a good job anyway long story short but the since that time like I, i'd say 2011 or 12 is whenever streaming really became pretty large i mean Dirt Vision and those guys have been doing, you know, race broadcasts for the World of Outlaws for quite some time. But everything was pay-per-view. Like, everything's gotten so large now. But as far as me personally, my announcing has evolved so much. But I've also had to find a happy medium in it. Because you have to realize that the people that pay their ticket, their harder money to sit in the actual grandstands and get that full effect, they're there for the full experience as well. And there's a happy medium you must find. And announcing for the broadcast online at home and also getting excited for the people that can hear you in the stand. So when the people that are watching online be like, man, he's, you know, he might sound like he's yelling or he's, no, man, I'm just trying to portray that over the speakers where the people can actually hear me at the racetrack because they're just as important as all the people sitting at home as well. Dude, that's a great point. Isn't that because like when they're coming down and, and they're going to do
1: the salute or whatever's going on right there, you are the track announcer. And so you right. do, you right. build that stuff up, but it's like that green flag comes out and they haul ass. The people in the stands can't hear you. So, exactly. so, so then it's like, you kind of get back down to, 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 yeah. to doing TV. And, and I think that's a line where, where I see a lot of folks to where it's like, they start going and it's like, okay, drop the, drop the PA part and go into the broadcast it, it's yep, like yep. a fine line now isn't it and it, it, yeah. so, so for you with streaming i mean i think that the nice thing about it is in your thoughts with this it puts us in front of a lot of different people i mean obviously mm-hmm. here with race on texas and all the the different platforms i mean i saw russell vickery talking about there. you know you do stuff with with iRacing and all that you get in front of a lot of people man and, and that's that's the cool part about the evolution of what we do
0: it really is man uh I really, really enjoyed it. And I, and I've enjoyed that kind of extra microscope being on it because I think it gives a better microscope into how much I really love what I do. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't proclaim to be the best. I don't I don't want to necessarily be the best. I just want to do what I love to do. And if people enjoy hearing it, then that's great. You know, and that, that does keep you going. I mean, when you get positive reinforcement, it's always nice to hear, right. That you know, that, you know, cause like I'm in my office tonight, I'm preparing for the Southern thaw race coming up. I mean, I've always said, and my parents told me the separation is in the preparation. I'm not trying to separate over another announcer. We're all different in ourselves, but I want to show up and show out whenever it's my job to get on the mic and do a good job. So you know, here I am preparing three weeks ahead of time for an event that I announce, you know, in March. So I mean, and and that's what you have to do, man. It's it's a different, different world now. People are really watching you closely with all this streaming, and uh, uh you have to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, I mean, I hey, used to. Yeah. Well, used to like, 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 uh, Rodney and you both said, sorry to cut you off. There is, uh, you know, when the race was, I mean, on the PA, they're not going to be able to hear you anyway. So really the job was pretty damn easy 20 <laughs> yeah. years ago. I mean, I'm, I mean, you were really talking about it being easy or not. Like, no, I'll be honest with you. Like it would have been a hell of a lot easier, but I don't have the desire to go and shut up yeah. that long. Like I want to talk about it. So yeah. it's, it's like, great. it's great for me. <laughs> yeah. It was
1: like your main duty was to do the 50, <laughs> 50. Yeah. Know? Don't fuck up to 50-50,
0: because everybody can hear that. Don't get (laughs) me started on 50-50. I'm not a fan. Uh,
2: (laughs) Hey, uh, Zach, what's your feelings on doing birthday salutes, dude? Because it never fails. You'll get get one person to do a birthday salute, and then if you don't have a second-hander, it's like you'll get a million damn people coming up and bothering you. Hey, it's my cousin's birthday. It's my sister's oh, birthday. Be like, sorry guys. I'm in the middle of trying to announce happy, happy birthday. But it's like, yeah. it's yeah. not that I don't want the kids that are there for the birthday, not entertained, but it's like, if you do it for one, it opens up the floodgate and it's just like, damn, I need an assistant to write down all these birthdays.
0: Yeah. Uh, there would be a time like, and I, I remember announcing a boot Hill and I'm like, if anybody has any anniversaries, birthdays or anything that they'd like to have announced, I'd be happy to do it for you. You know, when time allows. And yep. more, I'd, I'd get a bunch. I personally don't mind doing it. Like, I, I think it's cool if someone comes to the racetrack and maybe they're not celebrating the birth, but they're still at the racetrack on their birthday. Right. And uh, I don't mind those people so much. Now, <laughs> uh, Lord, forgive me uh, for saying this. And you can ring your bell. I don't I don't care. But <laughs> when people come up to me and I, maybe I shouldn't say this, it's like typical same couple individuals every week. Hey man, would you mind saying a prayer for my aunt, cousins, my, you know, my sister's Aunt Debbie, she is, you know, she's been in the hospital for, and then three weeks later at the next event, I'm getting another, hey Still man, uh, could you mind praying for Debbie again? It's like, man, uh, absolutely. You know what, let me go ahead and send this to my deacon at the church and maybe he can help get us, get that work done for us. It's just so, like, that is something. I don't mind. Like prayer is a big deal at the racetrack when we get it started. Yeah. And uh, you know, Josh Bell, who's my co announcer, Boot Hill, he does a great job. He's a uh, he, he he's really involved in the church. You know, and I grew up in church. And, and doing and saying prayer at the racetrack is not a problem whatsoever. It's just it's just there are some friends, some pretty wild and elaborate requests in the past, and I could have gone into more detail, but I'm not going to do that.
1: Zach, I jokingly said at a track one night. So, so I was doing the whole, you know, we had all this downtime. It was on pavement. We had a big old oil slick everywhere. We were going to be delayed. I don't know how long it was going to be. And I'm like, so if you have a birthday, anniversary, whatever, come on up. And you know, you had a couple people that whatever. And I'm like, so if you're celebrating a divorce, you know, let <laughs> me you know. And oh my god, yeah. that was like. You know, I had women coming up. You tell that sorry son of a bitch because he's sitting on the other side. I'm like, I think I'm going to leave that part out. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something else. Uh, so, so, Zach, I, I do want to touch on and we don't have to go into a lot of detail but I know for you, I, I saw on the race on Texas podcast this year for you making your way back in, um, obviously away for a little bit, but, uh, getting yourself back into the fold. And of course I think it was great, uh, welcomed back in with open arms. That's what, uh, the, the racing family does, uh, kind of talking that, uh, talk about that part, making your way back in, dude, it was like, you were never gone, man.
0: Yeah. You know, I called a couple of races last year. Um, or I'm sorry, year before last 2022 and, um, I just wasn't calling as many. And, you know, I was very transparent and let everybody know the things that I went through. Right. I I went to rehab, you know, and I, and I've been very honest and transparent about that man and to God, you know, God be the glory. I'm still doing very well now. And I, and I'm thankful for that. You know, at the time I didn't really realize what was happening or why it was happening to me. But at the end of the day, I think it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I miss racing so much. My passion for it never left when I was gone, but yeah, man, when I came back, when Chris told me, he wanted to have me on the podcast, I said, man, um, I'm, I'm just letting you know up front, I'm going to be honest and transparent with everyone because I don't think it's right that maybe I've been gone as I have, everyone's been asking about me and I just act like nothing ever, nothing ever happened. Right. And right. so, and, and I, I thought it was very important, you know, and I also opened it up at the end that if anybody was ever dealing or struggling with things that, you know, maybe I could, I could be, be a help to them, you know, cause I have, I have a big heart. And, uh, if I can help people, uh, you know, with some of the struggles that I've been through and, uh, I mean, Hey, that's, that's what I'm here for, man. And, uh, you know, my passion for racing never left, but I had to get me right. You know, I had to get me right, man. And, uh, very thankful and blessed that I, that I'm right, man. And, uh, you know, it's, Hey, it's still a work in progress too. Like I, nobody's perfect, you know, but, um, man, I'm, I'm thankful to be where I'm at. And I'm also very thankful for where, Uh, you know, Chris has never wavered from his support for me. I've been with him and Harry fair since 2015, man. Uh, I've been with those guys a long time and nobody has been more loyal. Their friendship means everything to me. And uh, it also means everything to me to never let them down again in that regard. So, you know, I got to make sure I do everything on my end to make sure I'm stay buttoned up and uh, continue to do a good job. That's
2: right. Oh, I I have to follow that with a question. Thanks guys golly uh actually i do have one uh to change it to a little different tone how do you deal with all the white trailers in the pits zach like when you go through like when i started announcing down at texana trying to learn the different drivers you know it's a long way to get there and so i'm trying to learn the drivers i'm like hey who where's where so and so at so i go talk to him and I'm like oh he's in the white trailer and you go around the corner and every oh. one of the damn trailers is white the dirt track guys don't, unless they're like touring modifieds, they don't put the numbers on the side of the trailers anymore. No. Nobody has an open trailer anymore. And it's like, you just got to go and like, just try to beg to talk to some of these drivers. Cause they're, they're stuck away in their haulers. How'd you manage to deal with that over the years?
0: Well, I know when I was growing up at the racetrack, I mean, certainly things have changed so much. Cause I mean, I'd be looking at them underneath the stands or pulling out like, Hey, there's Eddie Collier. There's so-and-so yeah. like, they were on an open trailer, you know, there was a it was a walking at, or a rolling advertisement, right? For all these guys. Now it is totally different. I mean, if we're talking in regards to maybe USMTS, which they'll be at Hunt County this weekend, all those guys are typically an all-white. Like you could have been able to separate Joe Duvall, right? I don't know if you're aware with Joe Duvall's, but he's got the big painted uh smoking the bandit thing on yeah. the side. So everybody knows Joe's trailer, but a lot of those white SNS haulers are white or or we're, if we're just talking the smaller race team may have a factory or a limited modified in it, it is kind of hard to differentiate, man. But I, I'd say that, you know, if they're in their hauler, I always try to find a, a particular, or not a particular time, but I try to find good times to go around and talk to these people when I know that they're available, but it's, it's a fine line because you also don't want to go around and start intruding on their time where they're trying to tinker with the race car, yeah. right, you know, right for the action. And they're trying to get their game face on. It's like, you don't want to really interview of, you know, starting quarterback of a football team. Like, right before he takes his first nap of the game. It just doesn't really work out that way. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it, that's another thing that kind of has a fine line to it, man. But uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's just preparing for a race night, right? So, yeah. Hey, if they're available, then I'll get you. But if you're not, then guess what? Then I don't get to talk about all these extra nuggets that I could have got on you that I would have shared with the fans on the broadcast.
1: <laughs> pro, pro tip guys, get to know the wife or the girlfriend. Because you get to go talk to them. It's like, I ain't got to talk to that ugly dude. I'll go find out from her. That's, uh, anyway, um, Zach, you do a lot of things extremely well, but I got to tell you, I, I love when you're doing the broadcast, dude, I love, I mean, the nicknames to the racetrack. I mean, the phrases that you coin, I mean, it's like when I see something coming, I'm like, oh, shot in the shorts is coming shot in the shorts is coming. When, when I'm sitting there watching, talk about that part, man, the, 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 the you, you paint pictures and you color things up and, and and it's just everybody has their own style and folks do different things. And, and dude, that's one of the joys of listening to you when you're doing your broadcast.
0: Thank you, man. I enjoy it. I, and I could talk all day about, I, I really enjoy listening to you as well. I love your professionalism to the, to the game. And we can talk about that another time or maybe in a moment, but yeah, man, I, I try to have fun with it. Like there's a fine, here I go saying fine line again. There is a lot, there is a line you have to balance though with not sounding like a clown or being too much and, and being professional. Like I want to be as professional as possible, but I also want to have some fun with it and make the fans laugh. And I know a lot of people probably heard a lot of these one lies one liners or isms or things that I've said, uh, over the years and they've heard them a million times, but you know what? There's probably a lot of people in the stands, maybe somebody watching who's never heard it for them so, and they're waiting for them, Zach. <laughs> and, yeah, and they've never heard them though. So you got to say it again, you know, but you know where I get that from, I get that from, and, and like you said, everybody has a different style and I tried to find my own sound and cadence to actually having, you know, the voice for dirt track racing or for just announcing or broadcasting in general. But where I get that kind of silly, you know, witty, Approach to it like that is from the late, great Rick Eshelman. Uh, mm-hmm. Rick was the voice of the World of Outlaws late model series, and uh, I, he, was, he was one of my heroes, man. I, I love the guy, you know. Unfortunately, lost him um two years ago, you know, to suicide, and uh, I, I don't think I've still wrapped my head around that, you know, aside from you know, just talk, but I get a lot of that from uh, from Rick. Uh, I announced a couple World of Outlaws late model shows with him at Lone Star Speedway. And I was just so taken aback at how much he loved this sport. But he also had a really witty uh, approach to it, you know, but uh, was so good at it, man. He was a master of his craft. So I kind of get that a little bit from him and just try to incorporate that a little bit in my game and kind of make it my own with different things. But, uh, you know, and there's some that I even say, like, uh, you know, the right side romance thing. That's totally not mine. People hear me say that. And I'll say, you know, that, that the great Jerry Van Sickle would say. You know, cause I like to give credit when credit's due to guys that come up with great shit. And if I say it, then I try to give them their credit. <laughs> <Right>. No, I, <laughs> you know? totally get that. I totally get that.
2: See, that's the one, the one fun part about trying to do the race on Texas voiceover for the highlights and then having to follow some of you guys is I have to say something smart ass that fits in between all y'all's professional calls. And sometimes it works <laughs> and sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. the one I, f- I have to, I'm like, y'all, it's that fine line between being a smart ass about calling a race. that's you know, somebody's about to crash, but yet at the same time, I don't want to take away, <laughs> you know, the the, the call. Because the, the, sometimes the calls are, are, are what makes the race in action and some of the crashes that much more spectacular. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it becomes a challenge to do some of those voiceovers, but I have a good time trying to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, man, you just, you want to have fun when you're up there, right? Like you want to, because I mean, the day you start taking it, I mean, I do take it seriously, but the day you start taking it way too serious and you're not enjoying it and you're yeah. showing up and it's a drag, then I mean, why are you even doing it for man? You know what I mean? Why are you continuing to do it? So like I've told Chris on that podcast several months ago, I'm going to continue to do this until that passion or that light burns out for me, because then I won't be able to offer the race fans. What I feel is, is truly one of my greatest assets. And that is my passion for racing. Yeah. Passion and knowledge,
1: uh, is a huge thing. So 2024, man, here we are. Uh, you're preparing right now for the thaw. Uh, what, what all is on your docket for this year? I mean, I, I know there's probably still stuff to fill in. Uh, I'll do my stuff in pencil cause things happen so fast, but, uh, so w- what's in store for you this year, regular appearances and tracks and so forth.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I wing it a lot, <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I'll be committed to boot hill speedway this year. Uh, the oldest operating dirt oval in the state of Louisiana since 1973. I think this is our 52nd season there and uh, really excited. I've called the racing at boot Hill since 2009. Uh, just ha- I had a year or so off and uh, man, I'm super happy to be back, man. That is Bubba and Rollo have done such a phenomenal job at that place. Just really giving it a much needed facelift, and uh they're just they're doing a really good job promoting it. and i'm not just saying that because they're two very good friends of mine i mean i they truly are putting a lot into it man And i think it's really going to pay dividends for them this year hosting a world of outlaws race so that's one i'm really looking forward to in september um got the mod war uh 100 i've been fortunate to uh get the nod to to call that race yep. you know i've called i've called a fifty thousand a win uh crate late model show before it's super b and chatham but um i haven't called us a, a fifty thousand to win modified show so i'm really really looking forward to that man it's going to be the who's who of a dirt modified race and at, at one of the most badass racetracks in my opinion in the country like you call a lot of races in waco man that is a really really awesome racetrack you throw 50 bones on the line for these guys that hangs Ooh. on the balance <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna get it's gonna get it's gonna be popping like janice joplin son it's gonna get crazy. <laughs> it's gonna get crazy yeah, yeah so that and, and you know and I'll, I'll hit uh justin whitehead always puts on that big 5000 win mike parker memorial at cool. uh it's going to be at Texarkana 67 speedway this year shout out tim crawley they're doing a phenomenal job over there uh, man we have such great racing here in the arklatex you know i was telling a friend of mine the other day that i had the opportunity to go and announce the bad boy 98 one year at batesville it was yeah. co-sanctioned with comp Camp super dirt series late models in the lucas Soul series so could have potentially co-announced with james essex that weekend would have been awesome to do that for the second time in my career, And but I elected to stay home and I announced the 5,000 win stock car show at Timberline for Justin because that was a prior commitment and I had to honor it, right? And I'm sure he'd have understood, but that's how much I just love stock car racing. So I always look forward to that race, man. I love factory stock racing. It's it's yep. it's the cream of the crop around here. It's It's just phenomenal. Uh, the West Grigsby Memorial at Boot Hills pays $6,900 to win for limited modifieds. Man, we've got, I could go on and on, man. I don't want to take too much time, but man, we have some phenomenal races, you know, marquee events that are coming up in the Architects and the state of Texas this year that, man, I'm really, really excited about. Looking forward to getting at. No doubt. Yep.
2: I'm just amazed. I guess I need to step up my game and prepare more. You guys are talking about prepared and meeting drivers and all that. I guess I need to get back in the habit of that because there's a what. Do you, so Zach, how do you handle a name that you can't get right even after you talk to the driver? I've got a couple of names that kind of kind of Polish in nature, and I've talked to the driver and he's explained it phonetically oh how number. to say it, and I will <laughs> still get that damn name wrong. What's the key to fix that? I, I don't, I don't, I
0: don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to <laughs> give him a nickname. Uh-huh. Give him a nickname. Yeah, give him a nickname. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good one. Um, I would like to not tell you all this story, but so <laughs> I was I was hired to announce the United States modified, the USMTS modifieds at Clint Boyer's home track, Lakeside Speedway, 2013. Right, so mm-hmm. I go up the I go up to I go up the Lakeside to call, and I'm super excited. And as many USMTS modified shows that I've called in the past, you know, with Chris Steppen or Lon Elke and other guys, I was doing it. It was, it was just me. It was me by myself. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen Darren Fuquay, his name on a lineup. It's spelled F-U-Q-U-A. Yeah. Seems pretty simple, right? Yep. But I've never heard another guy announce it, you know, announce his name at the time. And boy, mm-hmm. I got to his name on the, on the lineup sheet. And I can't tell you what I said, but I think that's why i probably not called another race there. <laughs> Darren Fu- Oh, you know, like, well, no, I didn't, I didn't say the F-U-C-K. But I just I don't I don't remember but I totally botched it and yeah. I've never felt dumber to still to this day and that was almost 10 years ago still to this day that grinds my gears that I botched that man like it really really bothers me because I've watched the guy race thousands, he's a really good modified racer. He yeah. might actually be down here in Greenville this week. Really, really good racer. And it was up to me, and I should have known how to pronounce his name before that event ever started, and that's on me. Huge, huge rookie mistake I made there.
1: Isn't that the thing when, when shit like that happens, it's like, man, you you just, you can't, I mean, you can do, you can do a lot of good things. I mean, you could do it. You can have a really good night. I mean, there's nights where I'm like, you know, folks are like, man, you were great or whatever. And it's like, I go back and I'm like, yeah, you know, but I fucked up really bad twice and nobody else knows about it, but I'm like, I can't forget that stuff. I I just can't forget it. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's something else. Zach, this has been a lot of fun, dude. Um, yeah, I, I, we, we might need, need to do uh like a more often for sure, because I that's that's a cool part about doing this. Like you know, like we talk to other folks in our craft, and it's like um, it's just fun getting stories like you're talking about, and then you just see the differentiating styles. You know, Colin's been on here, uh, and uh, you know we've um, it's good good to good to chop it up with with dudes that we all do the same stuff
0: i concur man it's been a lot of fun i really enjoy it and i always enjoy getting you guys different you know different perspectives and uh your approach to it man and i've been watching you guys show for quite some time and i've been like i don't guess rodney's ever gonna call me to come on there i don't <laughs> guess he's i don't guess it's ever gonna happen and by god if you didn't message me yesterday man so i am uh, thankful for the opportunity to come on here man i i really enjoyed it and uh you know thank y'all man i look forward to you know catching y'all at the racetrack down the line you know I've, i'll be honest with you i've told chris david several times that uh I'd love to co-announce a race with, uh, with Rodney Rodriguez. I think that would be badass. You know, we, we actually go pretty far back. It's kind of crazy. You know, we were connected, what, over 10 years ago doing that deal with with Jonathan Sanford, man. And I was young and, and dumb and not really taking, you know, and I've watched you just blossom into taking care of the things that you're doing in radio and these different tasks that, you know, that you have at hand, man. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for you guys, man. I think y'all do a phenomenal job and I enjoy watching this show from afar. So you guys do a great job. So just keep it going.
1: That was the old days of you're listening to Strap in. in. <laughs> like, do we have to do this at 10 PM.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I totally get it. Oh, Jonathan Sanford. Any he the voice of the Rockets now? I think so. I think he so. left the
2: Spurs to be the voice that, of the Rockets. Well, I think he dude, went back to Alabama and then came back to Houston.
0: And I'll be that guy there has some golden pipes for PA announcing, like for, for what he does, particularly like right. that guy has some golden pipes.
1: Perfect for what he does. Yeah. It's like, man, when I see yeah. that, dude, it's like, God, it, it hurts me. It, it's like my, yeah. my nuts hurt when he starts talking. Yeah. My, my, I know my, it. Oh man. Good stuff. All right, Zach, definitely doing this more often, man. We'll, we'll have to build a Zach uh, Clark segment into revved up. And, uh, Hey, by the way, uh, Big stuff coming up uh for Race on Texas it seems like. Uh what are we
0: talking about? Here's a tease. Here's a tease for you. Oh. No. no, no. <laughs> no but, uh, yeah, um not not the tease too much. Um uh looking forward to getting our, you know, dirt track season kicked off this weekend at Kennedale Speedway Park.
2: Mm, that's um, right
0: that, that has nothing to do with this incoming announcement or anything but but we're looking forward to getting to kennedale and uh really getting the season really rolling off in full gear we've been doing some go-kart stuff and doing different things here lately but uh, as far as the big oval tracks we're going to get started and uh yeah man just uh can't say anything can't say anything too much we had our race on the tech race on texas end of the year party back in the first week of january we went down to uh k1 and uh i'd like to say i kicked everybody's ass down there riding go-karts but i in, I in fact did not. But uh and we can't give Aaron Brungan any credit too. He just started on the front row so he got lucky there. So sorry about that Aaron, but we'll get you next time. But yeah, oh, man, look, lots of great things, man. This is this is undoubtedly be the biggest season yet for Race on Texas. Uh and we're man we're thrilled. We're excited about it. It's going to be a huge huge year, man. We're going to continue building relationships with all the drivers, the racetracks, man, and we're just really fortunate and uh and uh, excited about this year. Yep,
1: we get to do a lot of cool things. All right, Zach, my man, thank you for jumping on. We'll do it again soon, my brother. Have a great, uh, have a great season, and uh, we'll keep checking in, buddy. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, Rodney, man. Y'all have a blessed night. You got it. Thank
2: Zach. See ya.
1: See ya. There he goes, Zach Clark. That's uh, one of the best in the business. And as he mentioned right there, uh, Kennedale Raceway Park. I mean, they are firing off $1,000 to win for the Modifieds this weekend, $750 for the stock cars. So great conversation right there with Zach. I mean, it's like, uh, it's really cool to, when, when we get to talk our own craft. Uh, I mean, I know I keep saying that, but it's like a lot of people think it's like, okay, uh, you announcers probably don't like each other. I'm like, we there's no reason to not like each other. I think that we can feed and learn off of each other. I mean, I think that's kind of a, a weird misconception that, that folks think about when it comes to the shit we do.
2: Well, it's like the MRN versus PRN,
1: right? right. I mean,
2: I mean that was that was a cool dude. We didn't even have a chance to talk about that. Out of all the cool stuff with the Daytona 500, what MRN, the Motor Racing Network, did for Doug Rice, the president of PRN, yeah. To let him call the Daytona 500, or at least to start, uh, you know, from a totally different network, that was a class act right there by PR, by by uh, by both PRN and especially MRN.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really was. I mean, uh, I talked to Doug the, the week prior, and he was like, man, I'm, I'm so excited. And I mean, it's like, Doug, I mean, he's called everything. I mean, he has had a part in calling every major race that you can think of, and boom, there he is, uh, hits a bucket list. And did you see the video there where he's in the booth and, and he calls him coming down the front stretch? And it's like, man, that that excitement right there is like people don't understand when we're doing what we do. I mean, that that's what it's all about, moments like that.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, well, he he gets to kick it to somebody else where we got to kick it around the whole The hole we don't we don't get to we don't do it like we used to do back in the day and was you and i together where you do a lap and i do a lap we just spin it around that way but yeah Yeah. it was a cool deal to see that video was pretty fun especially when you get to see the excitement like a kid opening up a christmas christmas toy
1: yeah. Hey, speaking of video. So I found this, I was going to play this before Zach came on. I was going to lead in uh, to this with, uh, with Zach. I mean, kind of talking about the stuff that we do, the race announcing and broadcasting and so forth. Uh, our man, the infield tractor tire. Have you seen this? Uh, th- this is him, uh, talking about it. And a lot of times it is like this on race nights for us.
3: All right, folks, y'all get ready tonight gonna be a lot of action we're probably gonna run till three or four in the morning because we have four classes of modifieds and 602 and 604 and open late models here so just get ready and uh it's gonna be a long night
2: whoa slide, yard, slide, yard, slide yard.
3: whoa caution and turn two. Linda stop the car we got us a yard sale starting second row outside is our defending points champion uh, he's probably going to run for a solid 8 tonight, as he did every week last year, and uh, somehow managed to win the points. It's a bold move Cotton, let's see how it turns out for him. I guess these sport compacts will get lined up, we'll get moving tonight. For the land of the brave, and the hall of the brave. Everybody, get your earplugs in. Here comes a dwarf car, amen. And that's the 10th red of the night for the sprint cars. Let's see if uh, this thing's gonna time out yet or not. First place has had a comfortable lead for most of the race, but second place is soaking him up like a sham wow. Hey, can you grab me another beer back right there? <laughs>
1: About right, right. Yeah, a,
2: sometimes you, sometimes you get that unenergetic about a couple of races, but you got to keep rolling on.
1: Kind of, kind of what it seems like um, from time to time. Uh, by the way, got to talk about our friends at Generation Race Cards. Uh, they've been supporters of the program for a very, very long time. How about a quick word when we talk about magical pipes? How about the magical pipes of our man Phil Whipple. Hey, racers, Phil Whipple here with the Revved Up Sports Show. For the past year, you've heard us talking about our partners over at Generation Race Cars. I'm proud to say they're back again this year, and they're off to a great start. Generation Race Cars, located in Springtown, Texas, continues to offer new chassis body combos, all the way to turnkey sport mods and limited modifieds. All cars are built the same as you've seen in Victory Lane, with drivers like Alex Hickam, Jeff Shepard, and Dean Abbey. All customers are valued and treated equally, so why not join the winning team? Justin Long is committed to giving each and every customer the time they deserve along with a commitment to bring quality into every build if you're ready to join the team give the guys over at generation race cars a call today at 817-528-2947 you put a lot into your bracing program so why not take it to victory lane with team grc all right good stuff right there from phil And uh, a big week coming up as we talked about KRP getting set. Uh, We talked to Mike McCarthy, the big chill Enduro 250 happening at Heart of Texas Speedway. And that's just kind of the icing on the cake, Bobby, where it's uh, it's it's going. And, man, I'm looking forward to get it started again. I think we're going to have a good time.
2: Uh, Well, it's just that uh, that time of the year, dude, Uh, knocking the dust off, knocking the rust off. Uh, getting in travel shape If you will because some of the races are going to be A little bit so you're lucky you get to start Pretty quick I don't I don't get to start To the end of the month of next she month. Does. so Yeah right. Although I probably will come join you down there at the booth uh, there. I don't know if I'm going to on Friday, but I'll definitely be there Saturday for that big race down there in Corpus. So,
1: Oh, yeah, man. that That's going to be – yeah, yeah. For me, it's uh, – once we get into March, it gets uh, pretty balls to the wall to where we'll uh, be, be pretty nonstop here uh, for a good part of the season. And, again, like we were talking about, uh, be on the lookout because now, you know, just different with the ease and technology and so forth, really looking to do uh, – more of these shows on the road um maybe at, at tracks at bobby's at or i'm at or whatever you know what we'll, we'll, we'll get you some stuff um again if you're checking in on the race on texas page you probably want to be tuned in uh, i think on what is that what do we say the 22nd 222 at noon 222 at noon uh so be checking into that i'm a little privy to some of that i don't know a lot of the details i've had folks asking me and it's like when i play dumb i'm not being totally dumb because there's a lot that i don't know and and don't want to know um so yeah just just stay tuned and and bobby i'm sorry i i I actually just got a text on this i don't know why people continue to want to see this Cause it's uh time to go, uh, t- go time. I guess that's why people want to check that out. And of course, don't forget, uh, asphalt, uh, firing off as well as uh, Houston, um, getting set to rock and roll. So, uh, we're really in, in race mode and, uh, looking, looking forward to a great year.
2: It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, looking like it's going to be that travel time again, starting off a couple of weeks with the, uh. With the race ranch and that big ASCS show And then you go the next week into Houston And then the big, uh, you'll be pulling double well, Not double duty, but you'll be at the Rattler When the World Outlaws comes to Cotton Bowl So mm-hmm. that'll be a lot of uh, a lot of Fun stuff happening right there And then uh, NASCAR Coda, for those that like NASCAR uh, Comes the week after that So uh, March is coming It'll be hot and heavy and ready to go before we know it
1: Yep, time to get rolling once again. Another fun program tonight. Uh, Big Mike McCarthy checking in. We just mentioned it. The uh, Big Chill Enduro 250 coming up on Saturday. Heart of Texas Speedway, com, And at Hot Speedway on Facebook. You can check that uh, out there for additional information. And Zach Clark, great. Uh, nice conversation right there with Zach as we um, get ready to shut this bad boy down and put the bun in the oven. Rest of the week for you, my man. What's going on? What are you going to be doing out in the heat? You
2: going to go You going swimming? I mean, no. Nah, be- I need to clean out the garage before I start running out of Saturday and Sundays. Oh, yeah. uh, but I also want to go to the RV show there in Austin on Saturday. But then I'll miss the doubleheader at Atlanta with the Cup and the, with the trucks and the Xfinity cars. So I don't know what the rest of the week. Just gonna be hanging on to the weekend, but. I definitely need to clean out the garage to get ready for, uh, so I don't run out of Saturdays and Sundays. So that's the, that's the next couple of things on the list there. So
1: probably gonna rain in Atlanta anyway, dude. You know how that goes. It yeah. always
2: rains in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, we don't need another Monday show or a Monday race. Don't need that again. All right, guys, have a great rest of the week. Uh, you guys be safe. You guys think of each other. Do cool things. Uh, be nice to someone. You never know what they're going through. You're gonna feel better as well afterwards. Bobby's down south. I am up north. Thanks to everyone for checking in this evening. All of the replays available at revvedupsportshow.com, of course, on YouTube and on the Facebooks. Until we do it again, back at regular time next Monday, 630. For Bobby, i Rodney. We're gone. This is Hashtag Real Race Talk from Texas, the Revved Up Sports Show.